I titled my message, It's All About the Heart. It's all about our heart and who we are. And I'm going to be talking specifically in regards to finances, in regards to money, because uh, over the course of a year, our church will talk about money periodically. We'll do series on money. And, and so what we found is that money and finances and resources are either a great source of joy in our life, where we love it, it's great, it's awesome, or it's a source of pain and discomfort. We feel uncomfortable. And so if I just you know, said, hey, we're talking about money and your heart sunk, then maybe there's a few things that we need to extrapolate from God's word and apply in our life. If it was something that excited you, man, I, I hope that these things just uplift your spirit because I love to talk about money. I love to talk about finances and resources because I think over the, the course of the past history, some churches haven't done a great job talking about it. I know, unfortunately, churches have mishandled finances and resources. And just so you know, that's not the type of church you're in. Like, we do a great job. We have an incredible lead team and finance team that does a wonderful job handling. We do outside reviews, financial reviews from CPAs, so everything is squeaky clean and looks good. And so we just we just enjoy talking about money. We all use money all the time. You know, whether it's debit cards or credit cards, electronic, Venmo, whatever it is, money's part of our life. And so for us as a church, you know, we talk about it. We look at scripture, and that's one of the things that we do constantly is we will always use God's word as the plumb line for us on what we're to do and how we're to handle our resources. And so we've done some creative things, you know, over the over the months and years. Like in the, we, we always all offer what we call a 90-day tithe challenge. And I would offer that to you today. If you've never tithed or you've never taken that step out, if you want to do that, we would give you 90 days. And we call it a money-back guarantee. If it doesn't work for you, we'll give all the money back. And we're happy to do that. We just want you to try it. Try it out and see what might happen. A, a few months ago, we did what we called a reverse offering, where we literally had cash up here on tables, and we said, if we want you to come and get some of the money to give it out to people in need. And so it just we had incredible stories and responses from that. And so we're always trying to do some super creative things uh, about money and generosity and giving. I know for Nicole and I, this is part of our life. You know, we absolutely have a generous church, and Nicole and I love to be generous. I wanted to share one of the stories that I have from, from our life, you know, from just a few years ago, where her and I, we were out at a restaurant, we were at a dinner date. You know, we were hanging out, talking, and we were at a, a place that we had never eaten before. You know, she loves to look up restaurants that we haven't eaten before, see the reviews, and, you know, try new stuff, and she's gluten-free, so we have a, you know, specific menu that we're kind of looking for. So we found this new place. And then we were there just chatting, having a good time. And, and I noticed a younger couple that was near us. They, they were seated kind of right next to us. And it was cool, you know, just to see them out on a date. You know, they had all the googly eyes. And it was, you know, just starstruck. And love, you know, hearts and were coming out of the, you know, their ears and stuff. It was super cool. And, and then they, they, like their meal came, and they bowed and prayed. You know, they held hands across the table. And, they bowed, and like, and that just warmed my heart. Because unfortunately, I don't see that much anymore. You know, in public places and in restaurants, and, and so they, they pray together, and I just, I love that, and I thought it was so neat, and so Nicole and I are just enjoying each other's company, it's so nice, and then all of a sudden, you know, this thought came in my head, I was like, man, I want to buy their dinner, and, and, and I thought in my head, I was like, wow, that's so nice, you know, that's considerate of me to, you know, to, uh, of them, you know, a young couple, I didn't, didn't know them, you know, just kind of popped in my head, and you know, I just let it go, like no big deal, hey, because stuff like that will pop in my head all the time. But then it came back, you know, I, I, like after a, a little while longer, it came back in my head like, hey, I really, 
you know, should buy their dinner. And Al's thinking, wow, you know, that's that's cool. And, you know, so I started to think in my head, is, is this just my head? Is this just me? Or, Lord, is this you doing something? If I said it or wanted to do it, what would Nicole think and say? And, and so I just kind of, you know, let it settle for a little while. A little while, And then, you know, just about 10 or 15 minutes passed. And then it came back again, a third time, and then a fourth time, just to buy their dinner. And I knew at that point in time, if I didn't do it, I was going to walk out of the restaurant with a regret that, that I didn't do what I felt like I was supposed to do, needed to do. Maybe the Holy Spirit was putting on my heart. And so I mentioned to Nicole, and I said, hey, honey, you know, I just think maybe we should buy their dinner. I just think that, that one might, might would be fun. And of course, she piped right back. We should do it. That would be so neat. You know, and, and so whenever their server said, hey, I'm going to bring you your check, all I did is I got up from my, you know, my seat. I followed their server back. I gave her my card. I said, hey, you know, I want to buy their dinner. You know, just want it to be anonymous. No big deal. Did it, swiped it, brings back, and she comes, and she says, you know, somebody anonymous has purchased your dinner. And I'll tell you what was awesome was to see their reaction. Like, they were going, oh, my gosh. They started looking around the restaurant to see if somebody was peeking around the corner that they knew that was surprising them. And it was us. Like, we, I was laughing. We were just giggling inside. It just was so much fun to do that, to bless them and to watch them try and figure it out. You know, and so it was just, you know, like you could, you could read their lips. You could hear them like, what? Are you serious? Who did that? It just, it was so very cool uh, how that worked out for us. And so I just, I know some of you probably done that. You've done things like that, you know, out in the community. And it's so neat to do that. So we just, we love generosity. We love to be a generous church and give towards others. And so I just want to ask, like, if we're going to talk about, you know, just money and finances, where does that come from? Where does the desire to do that come from? And why do some people like to pay it forward? They just, they find fulfillment in paying it forward and doing other things. And, and why do some people like to tithe? Why do some people give over and above the tithe? Why is that? I'll tell you why it's not. It's not because people have lots of money. Uh, in fact, they've done research and studies show that people that are more affluent are actually more stingy with their resources. And so, really, it's a personal thing. If you tithe, why do you tithe? Why do you give God the 10% like he talks about? Maybe it's obedience. Maybe you, you say, well, it says in God's word that I'm supposed to do it, so I do it. It's an obedience thing. Or maybe it's a trust. A trust aspect for you where you want to trust God with your finances and resources. Maybe it's worship. You know, maybe it's all three of those things for you, um, but if you don't tithe, why don't you? What, what are those reasons? You know, because we, we know, like, we understand tithing, we understand, you know, church and money, and, you know, we've heard money, money messages before, so if you've chosen not to tithe, why is that? You know, I've talked with a few people over the years, some people, they just, you know, unfortunately, they, they don't trust churches. Uh, with finances and resources, and again, that's not the type of church that we are. Some people don't think that they can, where they, they look at their income and they go, wow, just, I don't know that I can do that. So maybe it's just you struggle to see how it fits in your budget, how it works in your weekly spending, monthly spending, yearly, annual plan, whatever budget you follow. Um, but we all have a reason why we do and why we don't. And so in Luke 12, verse 34, it says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And so today, it's all about our heart. When we talk about money and we talk about giving, it's a heart condition. And so I told you I'm going to be preaching out of Luke chapter 6, and that's my main text. And so what's going on in Luke 6 is this is the Sermon on the Mount. 
Okay, so Jesus is literally on the mountainside. There are thousands of people that are around him. They're, they're like he has, a, he is super popular at this point in time. They're there. He says, "Hey, just sit down. I want to preach for a little while." He's, he's preaching and teaching, uh, and, and and so they're all there on this, you know, on the mountainside overlooking the Sea of Galilee. It's this really cool spot, and so and he's speaking, but it's it's pretty challenging. You know, he, this isn't just a sugar-coated type message that Jesus is preaching. This is challenging. He's confronting. He's, he's using uh, the example of the Beatitudes. He's talking about how we need to love our enemies. Uh, he's talking about marriage. He's talking about divorce. He's, he's talking about how God wants to work on our hearts and who we are. He talks about how we need to be praying for people that oppose us. We, we need to be loving towards people that, that wrong us and hurt us. I mean, challenging. Very, very challenging stuff. And so the only way that we can do those things that Jesus talked about in this sermon is if we have God moving in our heart. And, and, and so the motivations in our heart are towards the Lord, and he's working in us and through us. And then Jesus gets to this point in his sermon where he starts talking about giving. And so the first point I want to share with you is he, he talks about the aspect where we need to be dealing with a selfish heart. And that's in Luke 6, starting in verse 30. You would read with me and follow along. It says, Jesus says, give to anyone who asks. And I realize, like, I'm just going to stop right there, okay? Give to anyone that asks. People will ask me all the time, like, hey, does that mean that I'm supposed to give to any transient that, that's holding a cardboard sign? And I, I always respond back, if the Holy Spirit is leading me to do that, then sure. But but that, that doesn't mean that you're, you have to do that because what happens is, we begin to think about why and what and what they're going to do. And if I give them money, they're just going to buy beer. And, you know, and, and, and we, we think those things. But maybe, just maybe, instead of thinking in our head what's going to happen, maybe God puts that on our heart. Because giving is a heart condition. And God wants to deal with us in our heart. Because maybe, just maybe, they are in need. And they're not actually going to use that money for something inappropriate or wrong or something you don't want them to. Is it really our responsibility to determine what they use the money for? Yeah. I would say it's our responsibility to follow God's leading in the Holy Spirit and do what, what he compels us to. So maybe in that moment, God's trying to win over our heart, not right. so much what we're doing for them. That's right. And so we have to recognize that. You know, those moments will come and the Holy Spirit will speak to us. So just again, in Luke 6, in continuing in verse 30, he says, Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. It's like, whoa, t hold on a second. Like, don't try. Does that mean I don't call the cops if my house gets robbed? Like, if my car gets broken into, I don't call the police to, to file a court? No, 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 no. That's not what this is talking about at all. In fact, Jesus is talking about our identity being in our possessions. And so I want to ask you, is who you are wrapped up with what you have? When the upgrade comes out, do you need the upgrade in order to feel better about what's in your back pocket? Do you need the name brand? Do you need the little logo on your shirt so you can walk out with your chest and you hold your jacket back like this and you walk around? Like, do, do you do that? Like, is that what it's about to you so you can have more confidence because of the, of the symbol that's on your car? You know what I'm So is your identity wrapped up in stuff? And so that's what Jesus is talking about regarding those things. And he continues in verse 31. He says, do to others as you would like them to do to you. 
When we read that and we're going, yes, that's the golden rule. I like the golden rule. That's awesome. And so I would add to that, so we need to give back to God because he's given to us. And people will say, whoa, 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 Art, this verse is not about tithing. Isn't it? Jesus is talking about giving, and he's talking about doing to others as we would want them to do to us. And so what if we withheld from God the way that we want him to bless us? What if we kept all the things that he gave to us when really he wants us to have this generous heart and give back to him? Like, I hope you, you realize, like, that's that's thought-provoking. That's That'll penetrate our hearts. And so we want God to continue to bless us, don't we? We love that. We love to say it. Well, what if Jesus is saying, do back to the Lord what you would want him to do for you? And so it's, it is about giving. It's about our heart. It's about our intent. And so if you think that's challenging, Jesus starts to go a little bit deeper. He starts to get spicy. It continues in verse 32. He says, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. And so out of our selfishness, what we do is we give in order to get. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Let's, well, like that, that's, that's sometimes the motivation in our hearts. And so we need to understand the context of these verses, why Jesus is talking about this in this particular way. And what he's doing is he's actually referring to Deuteronomy 15. So in Deuteronomy 15, you have the subtitle, it's called the year of release. Super cool concept, amazing thing that God gives to his people. And so in that year of release, what happens is if somebody borrows something in the seventh year, would be the year of release where all debts were forgiven. All debts were forgiven in the seventh year. How many of you would raise your hand and say, we need some year of release in the house? Like, that would be super cool, wouldn't it? That would be awesome. And so what the reason that this is in there, in God's word, is because God is teaching, hey, you need to be careful regarding your possessions. You need to be careful in understanding lending to others. Because if a poor person comes to you, or somebody in need comes to you, and you hesitate to lend to them because you're concerned that they won't be able to repay you, then where is the attitude of your heart regarding your possessions? And he, let's go a little bit deeper, because let's say there was only six more months until the year of release. Somebody comes to borrow something from you, you really wouldn't want to lend to them because you're going I'm only going to get six months payment back for this full amount that I give to them then they're off the hook why would we think that why would we feel that I would say very clearly it's because we're selfish and we think what we have is actually ours to, to, to have in our life and so to me that's very much a heart issue and if you think all that's challenging, this is even more challenging because Jesus starts to talk about how we need to be considerate of those who even oppose us, who are against us. And in Luke uh, 6, 35, it continues. Jesus says, look at all the exclamation points. So Jesus is like sp speaking very passionately. Love your enemies. 
Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. This is crazy talk. Can you imagine being sitting there and, and Jesus says something like this? You're going, why in the world would I want to do this? Why would I want to help a person that is in opposition to me? Whether at work or at home or in my family. Maybe somebody that abused me in my life. Maybe somebody that's talking about me behind my back. Why would I love them? Maybe the person that cheated on me while we're in marriage. Maybe the person that divorced me or they stole from me. Why is Jesus saying these things? It's very much the condition of our heart. Because if we don't see ourselves as differently, if we don't act differently, then we're the same as them as, as they do those things. Now that doesn't make us better. No, not, not at all. But I'll tell you what. We need to be able to recognize that our sins have been forgiven and restored. And so we've been redeemed. We've been blessed. We've been recipients of the Lord. We have a high calling on our life. And so I would just say, we need to live like it. That's where Jesus is saying, we need to love those who are our enemies or are doing bad things against us. We need to respond in a way that gives glory to him. That's God's standard. That's what he's laying out in front of us. And it continues, verse 36. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. Towards those that are violent or aggressive, we are to show compassion. So it's not our place to condemn somebody else or to judge. To not, we don't bring judgment down. That's, that's God's job. It says very clearly in Scripture that God is the judge. And he's the one that's going to do that. We're to respond out of love and compassion towards other people. And so Jesus continues, verse 37. He's like, hey, don't judge others, and you won't be judged. Do not condemn others, and it won't come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Now, this is not easy. We know it. It's challenging, but I'll tell you what. It's right. It's good. If we lived this out... That's amazing. So we need to take God's goodness, his standards that he lays out, and apply it in our lives because he's trying to deal with our selfish heart. Because the second thing that he's trying to do is we need to develop a generous heart. Because now Jesus starts talking about giving in verse 38. He says, give. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount that you get back. And so Jesus is continuing to address heart issues. See this as a heart thing and not so much a bank account and a wallet thing. Because giving is a condition. It's absolutely the condition of our heart. And so wherever you give, Jesus is saying that more is going to come back. He's talking about a full return, a blessing that comes. And he talks about shaking and running over. And so these are all farming terms. We've got to understand that so Jesus is talking to Jewish people about these farming terms. And, and so they were very familiar with them. And so I just like he, he's talking about things of like a harvest time. And so we have to put ourselves in the context of these verses. So during the harvest time in the fields, there were generally two different groups of people that were out in the fields. That were they were they were they were doing the harvest. The first group of people were the workers. 
those that were working for the farmers, maybe they were, you know, lease owners or something. And so they're there, they're harvesting, they're putting the grain or whatever it is in the basket. And so in scripture, it talks about how the workers would, would harvest from the middle of the field. Because the second group of people that were there were the poor. And, and so the poor were allowed to be on the outside of, of that crop, of that field. They were allowed to glean from the corners or from the edges. And this is all because God gave this mandate. He, he literally in scripture says to farmers that, hey, leave those corners for the poor people. Let, let them come during the harvest time so they can have something to eat as well. Now, how do you think those two different groups of people filled their basket while they were there at the harvest? If you were a worker, if you're like me, we would we would put enough grain in our basket till it started to get a little bit heavy, right? And then we would walk it over to where we needed to and we were done. So, you know, as the day got on, you know, we would go from three quarters full down to half full down to a quarter full because our legs are tired or whatever. So the workers probably didn't have a full basket while they were doing the farming and stuff. But the poor people, um, they didn't have a silo that they were carrying their basket or to dump into, did they? No, the basket was all that they had. And so you're darn right that they were filling that bad boy up as full as it would go. Pressed down, shaking together, and putting in more, even to the point where it was spilling over and they could barely walk on the sidewalk while they were walking home with their basket. That's the difference. Can you see what this looks like? Let me give you a modern day example. This is the beauty, this is a Slurpee cup. This is the Slurpee, this is the big deal. You're, you're totally gonna, if you didn't get it already, you're gonna get this. So this is how we fill an icy cup, if we fill a Slurpee. Now, newbies, what they'll do is, they open it up, they open, they have the tops, and they'll, they'll put it under, under there, they'll go, They'll do their thing, and then they'll put the stuff on, and then they go to the counter. But that's a newbie. Now, me and maybe you, like, we're pros. We've been there. We, we'll, we'll do, we'll go, we feel good, and then what do we do? We tap. Do you, are you a tapper? Like, I'm a tapper. I'll give a little tap there. So I'm just trying to get the air out. I'm just trying, like, I'm trying to get it little, and then I just go again. Then what do I do? I put the top on. I'm, like, I'm a dome filler. I don't know if you're a dome filler or not, but I absolutely am a dome filler. So I'll put the top on, and then what I do, I go back in for more, baby. Like, I'm, I'm putting this little piece right up again, and I'm going shh, all the way to the top till it's coming out. And then I'm going, I'm licking the top while it's spilling out over. Like, that's a pro. That's the pro way that you fill up a Slurpee cup. Do you get it now? Like, do you get it? Does it make sense? We've got to understand this. And so Jesus is saying very clearly that we need to understand that when we give more, that it's coming back to us. Pressed down, tapped down, shaking, running over where it's literally out of the top. I mean, let, let me give you another, another example. I mean, so the, the, there's this incredible concept. You have the farming and the planting, and so I have this wonderful, tasty little tangerine and stuff. So when you plant a tangerine seed, you don't just get one tangerine when the tree go, grows. 
in the fall and, and you know in the harvest a couple of years from now there's not just one tangerine there's a whole tree of tangerines and then if you take some of those tangerines and you begin to plant those seeds those trees begin to grow and over a year two years five years ten years you have a whole grove of tangerines one tangerine can turn into a grove of tangerines that's the concept that Jesus is talking about pressed down shaking together room for more this is a sowing and reaping concept for the Jewish believers that were listening they got it and so I ask you today in this modern day in this modern era do you get it like when we come before the Lord and needing and wanting gosh we're gonna fill as much of our basket as we can and so I just I hope that we can allow this to penetrate our lives because we need to understand the context of these verses and so Jesus is saying don't judge other people don't condemn other people in fact love them be forgiving because if you give judgment towards other people and you say those things that are critical and harsh good measure pressed down shaking together judgment is going to come back in your life if you're a condemning person against others and cynical and what they what you say and talking about them behind their back then you're going to receive condemnation coming back now here's the good news if you're a forgiving person if you're generous if you're honest if you're truthful if you give love towards others in compassion that's what comes back in return as we give that out now we have to understand in all these verses and what Jesus is teaching and the principle of the year of release and, and what God is communicating in his word. God did not invent giving for his sake. He created it all. He created giving for us. It's for you and I. So I would say it's a blessing for us to be able to give towards others, to be able to give back to, back to God. Because why? Because it deals with the selfishness and the greed that's in our heart. Right. It's in our lives. Like, we need giving. Yeah. We need to do it. We've got to do it. Have you ever met somebody who is truly joyful and happy, and they're a very selfish and greedy person? Usually, they, they are not that way. Those are very much polar opposites. Greedy people are usually the most miserable people on the entire planet. But the most joyful people, those that are happy, are usually those that are give and give generously and like love it and find the enjoyment in it. I mean, a few years ago, we had somebody mail an $800 Best Buy gift card to the church anonymously. They, they knew we had some uh, electronic needs, and all of a sudden, boom, here it comes. I'm going, what? Like, are you kidding me? Just totally anonymous. Just to be generous. And it says very clearly in Scripture that God blesses a cheerful giver. And it says very clearly that God deals with the attitude of our heart. Why does he need to do that? Because we're born selfish. We are selfish. The, the, the faster you admit to the fact and the reality that you're selfish, the better off you're going to be. I'm greedy. I'm selfish. That's why we have to teach our kids to share. Your kids don't naturally share. 
If you have a two-year-old and you say, hey, here, little Timmy, you need to share your favorite toy with her. No, I don't. No, I don't. And if you make me, I'm going to cry. And I, like, I'm, I'm going to like lay down on the floor and make a big scene for everybody to see. Like, why? That's in us. We are selfish, every single one of us. And so we have to learn to give. We have to learn to do this, to apply it in our lives, because we're born with the nature of take. And so what if God withheld from us the way that we withhold from him? I mean, God did not wait for us to be thankful, to be appreciative towards him. God did not wait for us to be uh, to, 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 to be grateful that he sent Jesus? No, in fact, God sent Jesus first. While we were still unthankful, while we were ungrateful, while because we are sinners. And scripture says because we're sinners, Christ died for us. So, but then an amazing thing happened that we're born again, we're born new of our spirit, we have a new nature, and we can take on the nature of giving and learn to do it. But we have to learn. We have to learn and apply it to our lives. And so, if you're grateful for what you have, usually we recognize that God's the one that gave it to us. So when we recognize that God is the one that gives it to us, then it's not so hard to give it towards other people. Why? Think, think about it. Look deep in your heart. If I say, I know everything that I have comes from God, and so therefore I can absolutely give it to other people, why am I not worried? Because I know the source of where everything that I have came from. And so I would just ask you, is that the condition of your heart regarding possessions, finances? Do you look to God as the source, the one that you can worship with your giving, or do you look at yourself as the one that's supplying and meeting your own needs? So if that's you, like I would say very clearly that in God's word, he wants to deal with our hearts regarding giving and regarding generosity. And so I just want to encourage you with this. What does this look like in your life? How does this come out? What, what's the display? What's the action item that we can have to, to put this in our life? And so first, we've got to allow the Lord to deal with our heart. And that's, that's part like me preaching God's word, you allowing God's word to penetrate your heart, the Holy Spirit working on you right now. Because I realize some of this is pretty challenging. I get it. And so, but what if we took it and we applied it in our lives and we see God as our source, doing something amazing through us, and we're just literally the funnel. We're he's pouring out stuff, and we're the funnel and redirecting. Pressed down, shaking together. God wants to pour out blessings in our life where it's running over so we can't contain them. But he's also looking at our heart regarding giving and generosity and our things and our identity and asking, hey, how are you going to deal with this? How are you going to handle it? And so the best way that I know to do this is to, to go humbly before the Lord, where we go humbly before God and we admit that we're selfish and we're greedy and we ask that he begin to change us and we walk this out in our life. So if you guys could do me a favor in the auditorium, if you could go ahead and stand up with me. Because I believe that we, we're going to receive from the Lord in this moment. He's dealing with us, and we know it. We feel uncomfortable, and that's okay. 
And so let's go before God. Maybe close your eyes, bow your head. Let's pray to the Lord together. Those of you that are online, let's, let's go before God. God, thank you so much for your word and your scripture. And Father, right now, we just want to admit we are selfish. We are. We're selfish today, just the same way we were yesterday, and we're going to be selfish again tomorrow. But Lord, would you speak to us? Would you communicate? Would you change us? Lord, would you, the areas where we need adjusting, Lord, that you would change our, our desire for more, our just absorbing and hoarding and greed that's, that's consuming our mind and our thoughts. Lord, the areas where we're trying to provide for ourselves, Father, I pray that you would just, that you would flip the script, that you would turn the page, that you would, that like, hear our, hear our repentance, and that you would turn our ways from looking at ourselves, looking towards government or payment or business or whatever, God, to literally lift our eyes towards you, to see you as the one and only provider and source in our life. That you, God, that you would change us, do something miraculous in us right now. We need this, Lord. Father, and that as, as we receive, God, that we will honor you and bless you and worship you, Lord, that you would help us to be generous towards others. And Father, I pray right now that you would speak to us through your spirit on the areas and the people that we are to be generous. Lord, because it says in, in your word that there's always going to be poor among us. We know that. That's reality. And so, God, the times that you want us to act and respond, would you speak to us? Would you put it on our heart? And then, then maybe just maybe remind us if, if we forget or we're not sure. Because, God, we want to honor you. Lord, I thank you so much that you show yourself faithful time and time again. Would you see our heart? Would you hear our words? And we want to honor you with all that we have. In Jesus' name.